You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject that I have coming up for you, I honestly never thought I'd be able to say this, but it is Jeff Becerra from the outfit Possessed. The reason for the conversation is to promote Possessed's brand new album. It is called Revelations of Oblivion and it will be out May 10, certainly in Australia. May 10, 2019, that is, if you're listening to it in the distant future. Yeah, I honestly, it's one of those moments that you've got to pinch yourself and think, okay, so this is the guy who helped create death metal through his time in uh, Possessed when they released those fabulous albums from back in the day that are still highly influential. So you got Seven Churches in 1985, Beyond the Gates in 1986, and there was also an EP released in 87 called The Eyes of Horror. So uh, I hope I don't fan out too much. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm fanning out too much in this conversation here. But, uh, you know, back in the day before the internet became the all-consuming behemoth that it is, we here in Australia, we only heard about things in dribs and drabs and through import fanzines and particularly Metal Maniacs magazine. Those older listeners will be able to recall that that was the glossy, uh, glossy-paged if you like, um, what would you call it? It was a magazine, but it was a bit more than that. It was a centre of culture for many of us because it was the only thing out there that was actually promoting extreme music. And uh, I remember a poster, an A4-sized poster that came in one of their one of their episodes uh, or, uh, or editions, I should say. Um, I think it was about 97 or 98, but it actually had a picture of the full band possessed, complete with Jeff, Mike Sauce, Jeff Terraro, and of course, Larry Lalonde. Larry Lalonde, who I did interview for the podcast series. So if you want to check out that interview, I do ask some questions of the great Larry Lalonde about his time in Possessed. And he seemed genuinely uh, surprised that people held him in such reverence and the band in such reverence. And I do think he was being quite genuine as well, as you'll hear me explain to Jeff through the conversation. So I've held you up long enough. Let's have a listen to what Jeff has to say. Here we go. Hello. Hello, brother. How are you? I, I wanted to get early because it looks like Ant's only scheduled us a half an hour. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he scheduled us a half an hour. Yeah, so you've you got some very keen uh, Australian media contingent ready to talk to you. Let me tell you, there's a lot of clamoring for spots to have a chat to the great Jeff Becerra. Well, yeah, it's Becerra. Just about, Becerra. Uh, okay, there you go. It's actually Becerra, but I, uh, but I say Becerra, so... I'm not uh, as Mexican as the rest of my band, so. <laughs> there you go. But I yeah. figured yesterday we ran into problems because 30 minutes is so fast. You know, I don't know why she's scheduling so fast, you know. Uh, look, it's it's been an issue. I've been doing this a couple of years now. And typically, mate, I tell you, we only get 15 minutes. Um, and it goes by, you, you've, you've gone through sort of one or two questions and particularly like, in a situation like this where I'm an old fan of the band and I've been listening to the band for a long time. Yeah, what can I say, man? It's uh it's a thrill it's a thrill either way though. You know, it's a thrill either way, particularly for us indie genotypes. How about this? If I if we run out of time, my last interview is uh with the rock pit that it uh it, it is from um it ends at three. So if we run out of time you can always call back at three. That's cool, man. I'd really appreciate that. Yeah, I had a chat to, uh, you know, Mike Karabi, who used to be the, uh, John Karabi, sorry, he used to be the singer in Motley Crue and also screamed oh, yeah. about, yeah, we did the same thing not too long ago, actually, about two weeks ago, actually, and we uh, 
got a hell of a lot of great content uh, down that uh, uh, Blabbermouth didn't even think was uh, w- was all of that relevant, unfortunately. <laughs> but that's probably a good thing in a lot of ways, since they're trying to pick up on some of the um, some of the more controversial elements of conversation. But uh, but mate, now that's oh, really yeah, kind Blab- of you to Blabbermouth do. Blabbermouth has a long history of it about me, so. Mate, I don't know how they haven't been sued because there's been a lot of shit printed on there through the years. It, it comes with the territory, you know. Uh, Possessed has always been a very controversial band, and uh, you know it just comes with the territory. So it, it does indeed. It does indeed. Yeah, I mean, it's with you, man. It's it's really hard to know where to start. You're one of a handful of artists. I've, I've done over 400 interviews at this point. You, you but one of you are one of a handful of artists whose poster. I had on my wall as a kid growing up, you know, and I had a chat to Larry, Larry Lalonde about 12 months ago before Primus were coming down because I'm a bass player, so I'm a massive Primus fan, and it was really through Larry's association in Primus that I got into you guys. And um, Seven Churches. How's Larry doing? He's good, man. Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing about talking to him, though, man, was that he wasn't – and I, I genuinely believe I, – I believe that he's very genuine in this here. He – doesn't understand the impact that he has had as a guitarist and the impact that Possessed have had as a band on not just heavy metal, but all of music, all of music, i.e. the creation of a genre through death metal. And and it was... Larry, he's, a, he's, a, he's a really uh, humble guy. Yeah, he was. He, he, that's what he struck me as, and it was a bit like having the conversation with you. It's really, I mean, what can I say? I'm doing an interview, but at the same time, I'm talking to somebody whose music I've been following for the better part of 30 years. Um, well, I appreciate your uh, your support. And, yeah, uh, it means the world to me. You know? No, thanks, mate. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I remember back in the genesis of the internet, searching the internet for interviews with you. Yourself and Larry, and of course, you could never, you could never find any copy out there about Larry's association with the Possessed, even though I knew that he was in the band. And there was only one or two interviews with you back in the day that I could find. I remember the old GeoCities days in the in the mid nineties, and um, yeah, I, I used to trawl it because, of course, you couldn't find any in print media back then. You just weren't being interviewed. So well, I think you're, you've, you've uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, you're a lawyer. No, I, I was going to be a lawyer, but I uh, ended up working as a labor rep for Kaiser, which is a hospital, mm-hmm. which is much like a lawyer. But, you know, you you, uh, you protect workers' rights and, you know, from uh, labor law and labor, you know, the economics of things and, you know, civil rights and just basically, uh, you know, um, making sure people are getting treated fairly whenever they go up against management. So, mm. so I... Not, I lost faith in the legal system and ended up uh, just going to work as a, a labor rep and worked my way up to uh, well, one of many vice presidents for the labor union. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and that's, so that's where I read that back in the day. God, it must have been about, oh, man, now that would be 22 or 23 years ago that I remember reading that in one of the very first metal web pages that you, I think you, they either interviewed you or they posted an interview with you. So I, it must I knew, have been when I was about to go to law school, but then decided against it. So, yeah, yeah. Do you have any? Do you? Do you I wouldn't say regrets, but do you wish you had gone to law school now and done that? No, I I, I wanted to get the band back together. Uh, it was toward my marriage, and you know, I uh, I I want I you know the whole end goal was to get possessed back together, but in order to do that, I had to be in a happy place, a good place. 
a solid place. And in order to do that, you know, I went to college and did the things that I felt that I needed to do, to, you know, as a man hmm. and uh, to get my mind right and get ready. Cause you know, you don't want to go out there all fucked up in the head. You want to go out there in a good space. So. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. That's, that's the, yeah. Very, I mean, a very good space. Hmm. A really good space. Hey, just to um, go back to uh, Larry, uh, you guys obviously haven't spoken in some time. No, it's probably been 30 years or more. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, look, he, he sounded like an awesome dude to, to your comments earlier, man. Yeah, so it'd be um, on this run of shows, man. I'd, if any, I, I'm planning on releasing this as a podcast episode, if that's okay. So, man, if there's anybody from Primus's management or around Larry that ever hears this and wants to reach out to you, man, and if you two could connect and you could maybe join you guys on stage for a song or two, I can tell you, man, old fans like me would just be tickled pink. Yeah, that, that would be crazy. I mean, right now we're really pushing the album, but once that's all over, yeah, Larry's always welcome. Uh, I don't know if you know our history, but me and Larry started a band when we were like, you know, little kids. And so, you know, uh, we'd been in a band since we were little kids all the way through Blizzard, all the way through, all the way through Marauder, all the way through Blizzard, mm. all the way through Zest. And then he moved on, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, he's yeah. a very good guitarist. I'm also a guitarist and, um, as a as a metal guitarist, I, I would probably say Larry between Larry and Chuck Schuldiner uh, are my two uh, premier influences, if you like. I just loved the way Larry would solo on um, on on so many of the songs across, um, especially when he started getting lessons from Joe Satriani. You could really hear that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, he really improved. Yeah. Oh, well, you have can... you heard now? Sorry, what was that, mate? Have you heard my current guys? Have you heard the new album? Man, I have. Sorry, I will get to that now, actually, because it's Revelations of Oblivion. And, man, I've got to tell you, and I hope this, this doesn't offend men, but I was really surprised in a positive way. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, these are the best guitars I've ever worked with by far, so... Mate, they they are so good, and I'm as I said, I've said a few times, man. I'm a musician, so I listen with headphones intently to the guitarist's yeah. performance, man. And those guys, man, are fucking—they've got it right down, man. They are providing, they are issuing a lesson in death metal. You know what the crazy part is? Is they did it in like one or two takes. They did their solos. Holy shit! Yeah, well, man, their like, lifers, yeah, they're good at it. It wasn't like they did it over and over and over. Like many times they would play it, it's on wax. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it does have an immediacy that hints at that actually, but you never know until you talk to someone at the center of everything that that's the case. So, I mean, um, the the drumming too, man. The drumming is just up. I mean, it's very different to Mike's drumming, but it is just bang on. Yeah, I kept. That's the only guy I kept from Sadistic is Emilio because he was just too damn good to let go. You know. Yeah, yeah, that was a characteristic. It was probably it, it's certainly not a criticism again, but it's as a musician, it was the only thing that I used to listen to some of the old possessed records that I could hear Mike go slightly behind the beat and then speed up again. And it gave it. I understand that it gives it a character, but when you're playing music as ferocious as this, you love it to be bang on like you. You, you a bit yeah, yeah. What he's doing. Mike was always uh, well, he started out with single bass drum, and I had to threaten to kick him out to get him a second bass. And so it was always, you know, like it, it it was like something that he threw in there and it was always kind of a little flubby, but, hmm. but yeah, it, I've always wanted to work with the solid on drummer and yeah, I think it really helps the characteristics of music. Hmm. In fact, you know, I, I found guys that were my brothers that, that were like a family. We literally die for each other. And wow. it's something 
always wanted, and of course, I've always wanted to have people that can really, really, really play. So, yeah, well, you, you've got that. I think you've you've finally got the cast of musicians around you after so long. You know, nineteen eighty seven, yeah. the eyes of horror. That was the last time an official release was unleashed on the public. You know, so that's that's thirty two years. Thirty two years ago, mate. I mean, there's a lot of most of the people that'll be listening to this podcast aren't thirty two. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's it's yeah. Been... I know a lot of bands are retiring, and I'm just getting started. Yeah, mate, you sound youthful, man. Even talking to you now, you know, on the album, your your vocal, it sounds eerily similar to what you sounded like thirty five years ago. You know yeah, that? yeah. I mean, I tried to spruce it up a little bit. I didn't double my vocals. I made a concerted effort to really pronounce the words and put a little bit more range in there. And uh, since I'm not playing bass on the albums, I, uh, I I wanted to concentrate and kind of make the vocals a little bit more uh, worthy, you know? Hmm. Did, did it ever cross your mind to play bass on the recordings and uh, use your current bass player for live shows? It, it did, but, um, but because, uh, you know, uh, because we want it to sound the same and because, you know, I am writing a lot of the music, but I, uh, I, I want to move around on stage and, you know, it's too cumbersome with bass hmm. and, you know, it's easier for me to concentrate on writing and, and doing what I need to do, uh, with the bass player. And, and Robert sounds a lot like scary, eerily like me, but, uh, and he's just perfect for the job. So I, you know, I'm going to leave him where he's at. Yeah, no, fair enough, man. Well, you're doing the right things because, uh, look, of course, I'm on the Nuclear Blast um, promo list, so I've been listening to Revelations of Oblivion a lot, okay? And I've listened to it, but my thing is to listen to it in a variety of applications is, of course, I'm going to have an opportunity to review it probably for the Metal Obsession we've seen fairly soon. But um, I like to listen to it on those bloody awful speakers that are in the MacBook Air that I've got because they just remove the bass out of everything. Um, I, listen to, I listen to it through my fucking laptop speakers. Yeah, that's the same for me. And and it even sounds good through there. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know if it sounds good through there, it's a really well put together album. It's very polished. 17 mixes later. Yeah. 17. Yeah, well. Yeah. I, I was fucking, I, I, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, shit. I, I was really unhappy. And then we, luckily, Peter uh, Tactor, he, he, he got so fed up with me at one point. I was either going to fire him and he was going to quit. And then we did it one more mix and we said, okay, we can live with this. So. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, mate, I've had a conversation with Pete as well, and I rate him as a human being and as a producer, man. It's amazing. If you're, yeah, if you're working with Pete, man, you're in very, very safe hands. So that was such a good decision to work with him. Yes, yes. And, and he was able to not do his textbook mixes, but to do the possessed mix, which was you know, he came out of retirement for this, you know, so. Yeah, I didn't know that. There you go. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's uh, yeah, I you know, I really admire his production. I've got to say, what he did with Celtic Frost on Monotheus. Did you, do you remember that album? Sure. Yeah. Fucking sick. Yeah, that was one of the big sales. Because, you, know, you know, I'd been out of the scene so long, like, I just literally Googled who are the top best 10 death metal producers and I got a list of 10 of repeats. It just kept repeating over and over on all the sites. Mm. And PCs was on you know, each of them. And so I sent that list of 10 to uh, Gerardo Martinez from Nuclear Blast. He said, we work with eight of these. So I took it back to the band and everybody said Peter, including myself. And we asked Peter and literally the same day he said yes. And so we got really lucky, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah, well, that's fantastic, man. That's fantastic because it's, um, you know, I, I, there have I have listened to some of the criticisms of his production, and I haven't heard any of that come through in your recording. So to your point, it's not like uh, an album. I didn't actually know prior to you mentioning it that Peter produced it. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's always going to be fucking haters. It's the nature of possessed. Uh, hmm. Some people they don't they don't understand that the origin death metal is meant to be a wide variety of music and melody and artsmanship and crafts. We didn't want to get pigeonholed, and we tried to change each album to be different so that death metal wasn't just one thing. And then whenever I disappeared, it started becoming one thing. And so I'm back, and I'm trying to uh, broaden the horizons of what is death metal. I know that sounds arrogant, but I just don't want to see it become a race to the bottom to where it burns itself out, you know? Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of heavy metal can can get like that. You know, it becomes a, a very strong competition, and and it can suck the life out of some of the um the soul and the spirit of some of the music as well. But it's yeah, it, people just try to get heavier and heavier and heavier till they're just talking about cross fucking nuns with blast beats and fucking cookie cutter fucking bullshit. And and that's not what I my vision of death metal is. My my vision of death metal. So is is all of that and more, you know? No rules. No rules indeed. Yeah, mate, that's I tell you what, no rules. And I'll tell you something, I've mentioned this a few times to people. The great Jello Biafra, many years ago, I remember reading a quote from him. He said that there are only two sorts of music that you'll hear in every country that you go to, and that certainly was part of his experience and has been part of mine. Jazz and death metal. Now, I've spent a lot of time in the Philippines and there are some fantastic death metal bands in the Philippines. All through the America, South America, you've got death metal bands. And I'll tell you something, in Iran, and I believe in Saudi Arabia, there are death metal bands. So oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I have friends in Iran. But you know what I'm saying? You can't say that about any other genre, as far as I'm concerned, except for death metal and jazz, whichever country you go to. Mate, in, I was reading one of the local bands here, Lethal Vendetta, um, were on the front page, or their name was on the front page of a metal publication from Botswana. A heavy like, and they're they're a band that veer on death metal. So this make this genre that you started, man. It's a global phenomenon, and it's a grassroots phenomenon. I think it's something that needs to be said. I think it's something uh, that we all have inside of us, and it feels good to get out. You know. Do you feel like you represent the underdog, especially with you, you talk about some of that work that you're doing there, on for the unions and the like? But you you know the death metal to me. Probably because of my vintage, man. I always looked at it as the underdog's music, you know what I mean? It was ferocious. It was, we're in a corner and we're kicking out against the prick, so to speak, you know. But do, do you feel as though there's the strong spirit of the underdog through through death metal? Well, Possessed in particular is an underdog because 99.999% of the world has no fucking clue that Possessed even exists. Uh, we're not like one of those bands that sells millions of records. We're not rich. We're always been the underdog. And even today, magazines are saying, "Possessed isn't death metal; the thrash." And I, I've, I've been, I've, it's felt like a revolution from the start because the media has been really hesitant to acknowledge possessed as first the the creators of death metal, which we very much were. Hmm. And they're saying, you know, we're not playing death metal, and and it's just the same bullshit. You know, like uh, they don't understand; they don't want to understand. They, they, you know, and it's crazy. It's crazy because, you know, historically we created death metal. We were very much the first. We did that intentionally. 
and we've always been kind of denied that. And, uh, and you know, but those that were there, there's luckily there's people that were there that know the truth. Hmm. What we're doing certainly is death metal because, as you know, death metal is what we're making it. Mm-hmm. Look, there are, I, I do read the Blabbermouth forums and I do read fan comments on YouTube and on Facebook, Twitter, you know, all of the usual social media platforms. And and, and I think to your point, um, do you understand the theory of the myth of the legend or the myth of the lie? So someone says something back in the late 80s or the early 90s and then that's used as proof of someone's view or, or version of the truth in oh, 2019. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, man, I've seen everything from Cam Lee invented death metal to um, Chuck Schuldine is a piece of shit, or like all sorts of comments about the great forefathers of this genre. You know yourself. Me and Chuck were good friends. Yeah, I, I've been listening to your, um, you're watching your face. Your Chuck, YouTube Chuck actually asked my permission to call death a death metal band. There you go. Yeah, so that settles uh, that he, argument. Well, no, he used to, he he actually moved down a mentor under me and the guys to the Possessed Fan Clubhouse, both in Antioch, California, then later in Florida. Hmm. So Chuck was very one of the, the first people. A lot of people were catching on to what we were doing back in the day, in the early '80s. And Chuck was one of the first people. And uh, you know, I have no um, doubt that after I got shot, that th- there was a big possibility that death metal could have died if it wasn't for Chuck carrying the torch. You know. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he certainly, I hope you don't mind me saying this, he's certainly the guy that popularized it because, you know, possessed are an underground phenomenon. But uh, with Chuck through the early 90s, they're appearing on Beavis and Butthead. Um, you know, and uh, I had a good chat to Ralph Santola. Have you ever, did you ever meet Ralph or do you, are you aware of Ralph? Who is Ralph? Ralph was his guitarist, Chuck's guitarist for many years, but oh, okay. he's, he was he was basically the go-to in the uh, 2000s for many death metal bands. He recorded some extraordinary albums with Deerside, oh, um, nice. where he was the lead guitarist, and made he just he many the Hoffman brothers are a very good you know nasty death thrash proponents, right? But Ralph is just a neoclassical god. Um, nice. And he just took their music into another dimension. And, of course, you've got fans out there that go, oh, it's too melodic, bullshit, whatever. But, man, it's brutal as hell. But you've got these wonderful um, sweep arpeggio, but in a really nice classical sense, solos across across the material, man. But uh, I love the musicality of death metal. And, uh, and I think, you know, that um, I don't think that I don't believe in the subgenres of death metal because, you know, my vision is to have – Death metal is a giant organism that can be anything and everything, you know. But, of mm. course, there are the basic, which is the, the fast drums and the heavy vocals. And there are a, a few rules, but, you know, even those can be broken. I think it's more of an attitude and a spirit. And the fact that you're announcing yourself as a death metal band has a lot to do with it. You know? mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, mate, with this album... Revelations of Oblivion. Are, are you no doubt you've you've had heaps of offers to go on tours, so and and to um, promote the album by touring, mate. So, have you? Um, are you guys in a position? I assume everybody's got jobs and all the rest of it. I don't know how hard it is, man, to, to play heavy metal at the end of the day. It's just it's not easy, mate. You got to put food on the table. But but have you? Are you guys in a position where you could take some months off and go on tour? Oh yeah, we tour all the time. Uh, only two of us have real jobs. I I don't have. Real- uh, Robert doesn't have a real job. Claudius doesn't have a real job, but Dan and Emilio work. Uh, but uh, you know, 
uh, you know, possessed is what I'm doing full time. And yeah, we are, we tour, we've been touring for the last 12, 13 years since 2000, 2006, 2007. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that actually. I have seen there's a few live live albums out there. Hopefully they've got your blessing. Um, I was looking on Wikipedia and I had no idea that there was the amount of compilations that had been released by, um, I don't know who it is, man, but there's about three or four or five um, releases, live releases and greatest hits. There's even a greatest hits, a possessed greatest hits out there. Have you yeah, seen Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I'd love for the, no. I mean, Hopefully it's true, man, and you do have hits in some alternative dimension somewhere else and are you reaping the benefits of it. But, um, yeah, I think they did the same thing with Death as well back in the early 90s. It's uh, it's always interesting to find a death metal band with the greatest hits. Yeah, yeah I know. There's <laughs> uh, a tribute uh, album. And, yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I have. And um, who um, was it uh, many years ago? Cannibal Corpse did a really good version of The Exorcist. Did you ever hear that? Yeah, of course. Great. Uh, you know, a great band. Yeah, yeah. Well, mate, there's... there. I've never actually met those guys, which is weird because, you know, I've, I've met everybody else just about, but... Yeah, they're one band, too, who I haven't had an opportunity to talk to either, and being a bassist, uh, Alex Webster's... So you you know what it's like with Alex Webster. My God, he's a monster. Yeah. You know, you know. So, mate, what, what happens from here? Okay, so you release this album. Is this a bit like what happened when Bruce rejoined Maiden with Brave New World, man? Is there going to be a series of albums after this one, or is at least that the intent? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I have a three-album contract and some bonus tracks with Nuclear Blast, but uh, well, what they're telling me is I can make as many albums as I want with them. Of course, you know, you never know what happens after uh, negotiations and everything, but yes, I'm definitely going to make at least three full-length albums, and, and I, I fully plan on creating music until I either die or can no longer do it, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like I have a lot of good years left in me, so. Mate, from the sounds of things here, you're just getting started. You know, it sounds yeah, like... Yeah, I, I always feel like I'm just getting started, you know? I yeah. feel like we were cut off in our prime when the guys quit on me. They wanted to live normal lives, and Larry wanted to go on to Blind Illusion and Primus. And so I wasn't going to reform them, but then, of course, I got shot a couple of times. Then it took me 17 and a half years to get my, my head back on straight and uh, to feel confident and good about myself. And, and of course, I've got, you know, thousands of letters and emails and people asking me to come back. And, and I think that possesses, you know, the, the vision and the dream of getting possessed back together is really what made me get through it. And, you know, the fans and the supporters and I, I think I really owe them my life in a lot of ways. And and it's just really, really good to be back, you know. Hmm. Hmm. Do you, were you, um, were there periods of time when you say um, tuned out of the metal scene? And so was it nice to sort of tune back in and see the reverence for Possessed from some fans like myself? Oh, of course. I mean, I was busy in college and with marriage and my kids. And, and of course, I still listen to metal all the time, but... I'm not one of those like encyclopedias of metal, like a lot of the guys in my band. Hmm. I, I to um like I still listen to a lot of old stuff. I listen to stuff that I come in contact with through tours and watching other bands play and people send me their demos and stuff. But but um I I try not to be too um like I'm always afraid that I'll hear something and it'll stick in my head <laughs> and then accidentally write it later. And so uh, I. I love all metal bands, of course. I'm just not one of those walking encyclopedias of metal. 
but I do listen to a hell of a lot of metal stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, do you mind if I ask you a question? You mentioned a couple of times, but when you got shot, are you okay if I ask you a question about that? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah. Do you? God, I hope this doesn't sound too obtuse. But do you, are you a fatalist about these sorts of things? Uh, what do you mean a fatalist? You mean, are we? Oh, I'm Catholic, you see, so I tend to think that there's some uh, divine providence in every act. I don't know how else to describe it, but. Uh, and I appreciate you've you've been the one that's gone through the experience, okay? But um, does everything happen for a reason? Uh, I think that, um, yeah, of course everything happens for a reason. You know, those guys were addicted to drugs. They needed drug money. I flashed 100 whenever I was buying a pack of cigarettes, and I got robbed, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, live and learn. Yeah. I, think, I don't think that, I don't expect life to be fair, his life is very unfair, but you just gotta roll with the punches, you know. Yeah, yeah, you do, man. It was, it was a, it was a shock to hear that it happened to you, mate. So I know it's very belated, man, but I'm sincerely sorry that it happened to you, and it's an experience that you had to endure. Oh yeah, I've been in a chair longer than I was walking, so mm, you know, yeah. I'm normal now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm a cold, so my voice is a little raspy. No, you're right, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I'm. I'm in my 40s, as I've alluded to a few times, uh, but I've, I'm back at uni full-time, okay? So I'm having a career change. I'm becoming a journalist. So I was an account executive for a telecommunications firm beforehand, but I just got burnt out. And, nice. And one of the subjects that I'm doing um, is screenwriting. Well, not nice that you got burnt out, but nice that you had oh. to wear with all to, to take away the, the net and, you know, tightrope it through. You know? Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, one of the subjects that I've just finished, actually, a two-semester course was screenwriting, and one of the movies that we watched was Murderball. Now, if you've seen that film, it's about the wheelchair rugby players. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew a bunch of those guys. Yeah, man, they're ferocious. Um, yeah. They just have no fear, those guys. That yeah, is... I went to one of their um, games one time and met a bunch of them. Sweet, sweet, yeah, yeah, man. I think I think we're up, aren't we? Because you've got a you got one coming through in a minute's time or so. Um, you know, so what can I say, man? If you want to catch up later on, man, I'm I'm all for that. You know, um, but if you you know, I understand these things, mate. They can be very draining. These phone grinds, yeah. I call them. Yeah, well, you know, like I say, uh, my last one is at. Uh, let me see. I guess I don't know if we go two three. Uh, Either three or, or four my time. Uh, so if you want to call back, call back. Four o'clock, yeah. Okay, so that would be, um, yeah, I think it's about nine o'clock my time. I've got to drop my kids off to school, you see, so I'll uh, order daycare, I should say. And, uh, mate, when I get back, I'll, I'll ping you. I'll send you a message, man. And if you're available, it'd be cool to have a bit, bit more of a chat. Awesome, my brother, man. I feel like we didn't get much done. Yeah, well, it's man, it's that's the thing. I'm I'm an old fan, so I want to know all about you and um, you know, share that with people if that's okay. So, man, we'll talk we'll talk a lot more about the music when we next. Dude, I I just got home um from shooting our first music video, dude. It's gonna be fucking. <laughs> awesome, man. It's good to hear, man. It's good to hear your voice. It's good to hear you back, man. And hey, yeah, man. yeah, life is good. These are the best days of my life, man. Yeah, cool, brother. All right, I'll, I'll let you get to that next one, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thank you, sir. No worries, mate. Okay, catch ya. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that conversation, of course, featured Jeff Becerra from the outfit Possessed. 
I really hope to reconnect with Jeff sometime in the near future because I do feel like the conversation has the potential to go on as long as the uh, chats that I had to the guys in Venom and also the great Stuart Anstis from Cradle of Filth, uh, an episode that I get more correspondence about than any other, it must be said. There's a lot of diehard heavy metal fans out there who have a real appreciation for the forefathers, if you like, or those that have contributed to heavy metal's legacy in a very meaningful way. So good on Jeff there. As I said, really hope to connect with him in the near future. Go over and check out my Facebook page, I'm easily found, Scars and Guitars. Same thing for my website, scarsandguitars.net, I think it is. I also do uh, some copy for the A-List online. When I say I do some copy, it is my website. So everything, virtually everything you see on there has been authored by me. So thank you so much for listening.